there's going to be a lot of experimenting. There are many AI tools that are coming up, but again, there's a human command who wouldn't know how to generate something relevant. The trend I'm seeing is that we're partnering up with AI tools to, to do more precise work. Alrighty, welcome back everybody. My name is Anfisa and I'm joined today by Ioana to have some Honest UX talks. So we have been on a little break. I'm sorry guys, we kind of like took it unannounced. I think we both just felt like we don't have energy and we didn't even have energy to announce it properly. So we're sorry for that. But yay, we are finally back. It's been, I think, around two months as we were passive, maybe even more actually, but I think it's almost three months. Ooh, that's probably our biggest break so far. But anyways, thank you so much guys for allowing us to take this break and uh, hopefully you're back with us as well. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about robots or future of UX design. So I guess the topic of today's conversation is will robots steal our jobs or not? But before we dive into the episode, we have a lot to go through. We have great news. We have a new sponsor for the podcast. So our new sponsor is figura.digital. And I'm really, really excited to announce it because it's not just yet another product for designers. It's something that I feel like is going to help a lot of, a lot of designers to find their dream jobs. Basically, Figura.Digital is a service that helps designers find work. It's, it's kind of like a freelancing platform, but not a typical freelancing platform. And main difference is that it's really designed for designers. It's even their title is finding design work if we designed. And I think the principal thing about it is that designers are hiring, they create a community. And the key difference between Figura and other freelancing platforms is that A, it's designed for designers, not engineers. B, it doesn't have commissions at all. And then secondly, what is more important is that it is a community for designers where your growth is a priority. So instead of applying and going through engineering process, hard-coded, sort of irrelevant, or it's very hard to evaluate your actual design uh, thinking skill, this particular product or this service will help you A, to find the job that is UX mature, B, you will have a community that helps you growing and see you will not go through the process that is irrelevant to designers so i think it's pretty amazing and uh, if i were to search a job right now i'll totally apply to figura you can also find the links uh, right under the show notes yeah if you have any questions just reach out to us or you can write an email to support at figura.digital we'll also leave all the contacts in the show notes all righty that's all about it i think i'd also like to start by catching up with you Joanna. how have you been in the last couple of months first of all Hi, everyone. Hi, Anfisa. Hi uh, to our listener today. Thank you for bearing with us through this break. And I hope that you spent it on enjoying other past episodes that you might have missed. And I know that people kept listening even through our break because I still got messages with interesting insights that people had from our past episodes. So that's the great thing about podcasts. They're always there, right? So my favorite podcast called New Layer. I think now they removed it from Spotify completely. But even when they discontinued it, it was still a wealth of knowledge. So I kept listening even, I don't know, months into their stopping of recording it because it's there. The information is pretty much still available. So it's the same with podcasts. And I hope that people still enjoyed our Honest UX Talks, even while we weren't continuing uh, to release new episodes. But what we have been busy with, I think a lot of things like usual, I think myself and Anfisa are both uh, sort of uh, design work 
workaholics if you want we're doing a lot of things all the time and we have a lot of ideas that we're excited about and we're trying to implement them and so it's it's always pretty hectic in our, in our lives like if you're a regular listener you know that by now but for me personally i feel like i've reached a point where i'm afraid to say i'm in a burnout because i think it can get much worse than where i'm at but i'm definitely at a point where i really feel like i need a break and for the past two years as some of you might know or actually for the past four years it was pretty intense but for the past two years i've also had a kid that i had to stay at home with while while doing all the work it was pretty tiring and i'm at the point where i'm afraid that i'm gonna lose my excitement and joy over design work so i'm trying to force myself to take a break and and be less present on social media and in different projects that i'm able to take a break from so that's where i'm at at the moment i'm looking forward for my holidays in italy i'm going to tuscany i think it's going to be wonderful and recharging and that's where i'm at and um, the bootcamp is growing. Mental Design Academy is obviously still going. Uh, I'm at the point where I feel that the bootcamp works very well without me, which is great. But uh, I still need to be there to do all the um, ambassador work and communicate about it and everything. But we have a lot of new students and they're progressing very nicely. And we have a lot of mentors. We're, we're adding mentors from the US mostly right now. So I'm at that dream point where things kind of work even without me, but there's still a lot of pressure because when you have your own business, you can never really take a break because mentally you'll still be there. So I think that's that in a nutshell. I don't want to talk too much because it's been two months, so I can talk for two hours. But Anfisa, how have you been for the past two months? Well, yeah, I'm feeling super sorry for you to go through it right now. And I cannot even imagine. I mean, it's great you didn't have to have a full-time job, but yet you didn't give yourself a proper deserved break. And um, I'm only hoping you will be able to work through this and we don't want to lose you. <laughs> we need to have you everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So you totally have to take your vacation and I'm, I'm really hoping it will help you a bit thank you so much yeah by the way i'm also taking a vacation maybe in october but we'll we'll get there on my side a lot of things right it's 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 ended it's also been pretty busy i think a few things to highlight because i don't want to go through <laughs> every single thing that happened but i do want to mention that i stopped posting on instagram and i feel relieved after it i just felt like it's dreading to me it takes my energy i'm switching brain all the time and it's a lot of small things that i don't feel excited but i'm already committed to doing and once i stopped doing it i think i'm not doing it for like almost two months suddenly i got this huge resource that i could use and that's the energy i could use in focusing on something one instead of switching rice in between small things here and there i could finally start working on one project and i feel great about it i was of course worried like what if you know you stop posting and then nobody sees you and nobody sees your product and all of that but honestly, if I let it go, it just doesn't matter. And it, honestly, the business didn't stop. <laughs> it's still working. So it, it's, it's not as bad as I was worried about. And I got a huge resource that I can reuse into some other projects. And uh, talking about the new projects, I also started doing something new and exciting. Actually, I started researching and uh, potentially working on the new course, which will be all about finding the perfect match and 
finding the perfect job for you as a designer. It kind of goes in line with the intro we had for this episode, right? But yes, it's something that bothers me. I can see a lot of people finishing the bootcamps or courses and not knowing how to find job. Especially I have an interviews right now with people who finish in universities and it is still even in the top world-class universities. It's, it's still not a part of a curriculum, how to find job and how to use your theoretical, a bit of a practical experience in order to communicate it in the portfolio. It's bothering me that it does, we don't have many products around finding the job, finding the perfect match, optimizing your chances. And I kind of see a lot of, you know, space for improvements there. That's why I started researching it. So I don't want to commit to saying, yes, there will be a course just yet, <laughs> bear with me, but I'm doing a lot of effort right now on researching, collecting quantitative answers, having interviews, I think around five interviews each week with both managers and then five interviews with students or people who are searching for a job. It gives me a lot of, a lot of food for processing. And I guess I'm in a discovery stage right now, which is very exciting. And like I said, I'm reusing this energy that I, I regained from stopping <laughs> posting on Instagram into a new project, which is exciting. And other than that, I think the summer was really great and active so far. I was in a lot of a lot of conferences. I went to Berlin twice. I went to Hamburg. I went to Croatia a bit. There were two conferences online. We have an offline in real life conference at my company, which was like 500 people flying to Prague and partying for two days with a lot of great talks. So it's a lot of, a lot of busy, crazy stuff. And we also start the home renovation project next week. So I'm packing my home right now, moving out five years of my life to live in the countryside, in a house, which is also very exciting. So as you can see, there's a lot of things that are going on right now. And I just don't feel like I have energy for, for social media posting. And I feel like every content creator at some point has to stop and instead of give, kind of focus this energy on something else, either to learn or to process or to observe, I don't know, read books, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm at the stage right now. I'm feeling great about it. Yay. <laughs> All right. yay that was yay. a huge intro. <laughs> it was a long intro, but thank you for bearing yes. with us. We haven't talked to each yes. other in a long time. And I think it exactly. was, uh, we, we just needed to update uh, one exactly. another and our listeners to where we are right now. So coming back to the, the main topic of today is will robots steal our jobs or not? Should you be worried, especially if you're just getting started in UX? There's a lot of sort of gossips and buzz going on around robots potentially threatening UX design jobs and taking away a lot of things we're doing. So Ioana, my first question to you, do you think we should be worried? Do you think we will soon lose our jobs? Well, it's an interesting question. And I think that there's no clear or absolute answer to this question. I feel that some parts of our work will definitely be threatened if you want, but I wouldn't look at it as a threat, but more as a potential enhancement or as a potential help aid for our workflows and processes and the way we're doing design work. So some things that we are currently doing will probably be replaced by robots, but that's Good news, if you want, because it will really make our life easier when it comes to automating menial tasks or things that take us a lot of time that require a lot of precision and, and so on. But then on the other hand, some things, at least from my understanding of where AI is at, some things are not quite there yet in terms of being able to replace human creativity and the human brain. So I think that 
for some parts will be helped by AI. So in a way, it's a replacement, but but not in the negative angle. But in other ways, I don't see how designers will not find jobs in the foreseeable future. I mean, 10, 20 years, because there's still a lot of work to be done in the AI space. I don't see that happening very soon. I keep repeating myself, sorry, but it's it's really hard to replace human creativity and the, the understanding that humans have around relationships and interactions. And so AI is something that's going to be very neutral in all the analysis that they're doing. And we're not at the point where we can actually have AI experience feelings while humans do that. And, and it's interesting that that could also cause biases because we have feelings and so we can't have this neutral angle when we're solving design problems. It's, it's hard to not have a level of subjectivism, if you want. But at the same time, we really bring the human touch and we will do that for many years to come. So in a nutshell, my answer would be that no, I don't think robots will replace designers. But I think they will replace some parts of the design process. And that's good news. <laughs> well, what are your feelings or thoughts around that? I really love how concise and straight to the point your answer is. Yes, I agree. I don't think there is any need to be worried about it. Unless, unless of course, you are worried about visual parts of things. Because I agree with you, Ivana. Some things will be automated and probably for the good. We need to kind of think about the trends that are happening today on the market, especially on the tech market. We can see a lot of new technology raising. We can see a raise of AI, but at the same time, we can see more complexity happening and a lot more problems arising. We, we don't understand humans even bit of enough, I guess. We can automate a lot of things. For example, like you said, we can automate, I don't know, let's say logo creation, which I have seen tools about for a while now design systems could be automated in a way you know there could be workflows that we can automate and teach ai or uh, any other technologies to reuse and sort of do for us so we don't have to worry about small jobs right small things tactical things that sometimes we do and it distracts us from actually solving big problems but at the same time it's very hard to train ai to understand us humans the world is so complex we don't even understand ourselves it's very hard to train ai to understand ourselves if we don't understand ourselves very well and i think as long as there will be complexity big new problems new trends happening we will need people because as long as people leave we don't need to design for people there will be a need to design and understand people and and solve those complex problems and so yes if, if you're interested in maybe more of a uh, default templated work yes and I'm, I'm sure this will be automated and you should be worried other than that, if you're interested in solving problems, if you're okay with working with complexity, with technologies, with being agile, sometimes switching specialities or learning new things, because I think there will be more and more new things happening in the industry, then you should be just fine because there is immense amount of things that we still can work on. I cannot even imagine how many more things there are. And actually, I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about what do you think is happening right now? What are the trends that we can pay attention to today that are happening in the market that maybe we can discuss and see if those could give us some answers, what to expect in the next, let's say, 10 years? So what do you see happens today and where are we headed? Are there any trends that you can highlight? 
Well, this is not necessarily the area in which I'm an expert in, but I'm going to just talk about my personal observations. Bear in mind that I work for a company that's doing robotic process automation. So basically, uh, at UiPath, <laughs> we're working yeah. on uh, automating menial tasks and repetitive business processes and processes that don't really need a human implication or participation as much, like, I don't know, opening an email and then grabbing an information piece from the email and adding it to an Excel table, something along those lines. A very rough example. Of course, there's much more complexity to those processes. But where I'm trying to get at is that slogan, if you want, or the mantra, the mission in a nutshell for my company UiPath goes like this, a robot for every person. And I, I feel that this is exactly how we should look at this. The trend I'm seeing to answer your question more specifically is that we're partnering up with AI tools. We're partnering up with robots, if you want, to do better work, to do faster work, to do more precise work where that's needed, for example, in UI decisions or UI design, um, I don't know, uh, grids, pixels level. I think AI can do a better job than us many times because it works on patterns and on loads of information and data that uh, our minds are not able to process. And that's totally fine. But AI still needs us. <laughs> so the trend is that we're building this partnership like this this couple <laughs> pairing uh, of, of work human with robot so the parts that can be automated are done by the robot and that's great and the parts that need human input and even if you think about the fact that the robot needs input to decide what to automate so the robot can decide by itself right now so if you use a robot and it's it's in a client meeting let's say and then there still needs to be a conversation around what needs to be built what they need to generate what what it needs to generate <laughs> humanizing the robot too much. And so there's still the need for a person to understand at an abstract level and then bring the abstract down to a tangible level to understand what needs to be built or what needs to be explored or what are some other alternatives that the robot could look into. So everything that's being done by AI is done by human command right now in design at least. Uh, of course, there are experiments and in, in research in different AI centers around the world or AI projects where AI is making decisions for themselves and they're, uh, they have agency in a way and they're self-driven and they self-generate stuff. But in design right now with the tools that we have, like tools that generate, I don't know, automatic wireframes or translate wireframes directly. So paper wireframes, they translate them directly into UI, high fidelity UI. So there's the human input that's necessary right now. And I don't think that will change in the next 10 years. So the trend is that we will be working in pairs, if you want. We will be working with robots to, to make our work better and faster. And that's one thing. Another trend is that there, there's a lot of variety when it comes to AI-powered uh, uh, tools that, that are being explored. And we, there, there's some designers have a bigger appetite for, for enhancing their work with AI-based tools, but there, there's going to be a lot of experimenting. So if you ask me, one, one of the other trends that I see is that there are many tools that are coming up, like there's the whole conversation going on in the industry right now with Midjourney and Dell E and, and all the tools that are generating images. But again, there's a human command in that image generation. The tool wouldn't know how to build something relevant or generate something relevant. So there's going to be a lot of experimenting and we're going to see a lot of tools that will pick up and some tools that will appear and but they will fail because it's an emerging industry. It's an emerging space. It's very experimental. So I don't see clear trends as to everybody will use 
Figma, let's say, <laughs> which would have been more predictable. You could anticipate that. But in AI, there's no clear way in which things will be done because everybody's experimenting with a lot of things and people are building different things. And again, some of them will be very valuable as, as a support for the design work, but others will be irrelevant or not very useful. And, and so, yeah, in a nutshell, the two trends that I see is that we're working in pairs with robots with AI. And then the second one is that it's going to be a messy, uh, interesting, fast, uh, uh, crazy um, experimental market. And eventually it will begin to settle into some relevant or stable or super valuable tools and processes if you want. So yeah, do you have any thoughts around what trends we're going to be seeing more? I'm I'm really curious how other people view this. <laughs> I really, really like the company motto. I, 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 I never thought about, you know, partnering up with robots, but that makes so much sense because it, it's always scary when something new comes up and you don't know what to expect and you think, oh my God, it's threatening, especially if you don't understand this new, I don't know what you call it, alien. <laughs> but at the same time, you need to understand that there is a lot of value for us as well. And we just need to change the perspective. I mean, it could be threatening, you know, in a way it's always like that was unknown. We, we don't know what we don't know. At the same time, we need to think about it from the bright side, at least to start from. So I love it. And I do see so much potential. I'm very excited about automating some of the unknown work or monkey jobs I'm doing on a daily basis. And I don't even think we're there yet, even though it's all 2022, right? So I think the AI was there for around 10 years as we were talking about it. And I don't see huge progress there. There is some cool, small use cases, cool applications, especially in those industries that really needed more, like, you know, some big problems in, in the world where the AI could help, but at the same time, it doesn't disrupt our life just yet. And um, I think we'll need another couple of dozens of years to actually see it impact in our life and uh, more use cases that are valuable to us pop up. Talking a bit more about the actual trends, what I'm seeing happening today. I agree with you with the processes, things like, again, very subjectively, the world becomes more and more complex with every next year. It's overwhelming. If you compare our lives 20, 30 years ago, when our parents, you know, were in, in the age of ours, I'm sure it was a completely different life and the complexity grows. I think the last 10 years, it just escalates too fast. So we do need to embrace it. We need to understand that this probably is here to stay. There will be more new technologies we'll have to embrace, understand. We'll have to be super resilient. AR, VR, the technology, all of those, those are here already, but I wouldn't remove the opportunity that it might be more technologies coming up. We'll see. There will be probably space for experimentation as well. Simultaneously, I think we'll still be working with regular devices, solving basic user needs, right? Phones are here at least for a couple of, I don't know, let's say, let's say five, 10 years to say, I don't want to, you know. <laughs> play the forecaster here but i think the fonts are here to stay for a little while yet so it doesn't mean that we should stop designing for mobile devices but we do need to start looking out for the new technologies and do not be afraid of them we just just at least be excited and curious about them and read about them and as free time but if you're even more interested start working or kind of experimenting with them Second thing, which I already see is happening, and I'm 
happy that it's here to stay for the next, uh, hopefully, five, 10 years, is more focused on inclusive and ethical design. I was in UX camps or UX conferences, if you will, this whole summer, and I've seen a lot of trends. I really love the concept of UX camp conference uh, because it's community-based and everybody could submit topic. And when people pitch their ideas, what they want to talk about, those are designers with a lot of experience and they are talking about things that are very important to them and close to their hearts. And you can really see the big patterns that are emerging today. So strong patterns that I could notice this summer at least was inclusive design, ethical design, behavioral design. So a lot of focus on the psychology and understanding people and then sustainable design, sustainable user experience. I think there was this new term that we learned, which is sucks, <laughs> sustainable UX. So this is here again to stay. It's another speciality, if you will, you can look out for. And with that, I want to say also that we can actually start ex expecting there will be more needs for specialized designers, not just um, technology-wise, but also, you know, businesses-wise, fintech, SaaS, mobile, you know, AR, VR, voice, whatever, as well as those uh, specialities around, you know, inclusive design, sustainable design, behavioral design, although those aspects are, I mean, yes, design is complex and it's becoming more and more complex, but um, that means that it's an opportunity for you to build your speciality. Once you establish the fundamentals, you can then start focusing on something that is very exciting for you and build really strong proficiency in that. So that's the first big trend. The second big trend, I think also coming from this complexity topic, I think there will be more and more cross-platform design. Like you said, there is a lot of automation happening. There is a lot of integration happening. And I think that is here to say that we are here not to just design for multiple products, multiple services, multiple systems, but also for multiple different devices with the rise of new technology. And that also probably means that there will be more collaborative teams um, than now. So if today we work in silos, I think it's a, it's a legacy of the 90s or maybe even that in a longer period of time. And I think the silos is, is not irrelevant anymore at this point. And we need to start working not just more cross-collaborationally within our companies, but more cross-collaborationally within other companies. And instead of thinking about competition and, you know, rivals between market, but also think about how can we use other products, other industries as a potential competitive advantage and bring more value to the users, to the businesses. That means that I can see a lot of potential opportunities to work with not just new technologies, but also other companies, industries, etc. I think in general, design mindset shouldn't be changing. We should still be focused on the businesses and, and users, apparently, with just a bit more specialities to it, right? With automation in mind, with new technologies in mind, with more challenging arising with it, with, of course, sustainability and inclusivity in mind. I think fundamentals are here to stay. And I guess the last thing I think is important to mention is that Again, because there's just so many new things happening today, I think we'll need to work a lot and focus a lot on building great presentation skills, because I can see that more and more we're struggling with concentration, the attention span is becoming lower and lower. And um, if you are not able to quickly get to the point, present and sell and pitch as a designer, and you know, 50% of our job is to communicate then your skill set are becoming less relevant and you become less just valuable as a, as a member of the team. I think a big another trend is that we need to keep in mind that it's so noisy that concentration is a problem right now and we need to learn to talk well.
And that's why I like to do podcasts. I think it helps me <laughs> to become a better communicator. Those are the things I personally think about. Is there anything else you feel like we should talk about? No, I think that this was an interesting angle that it's, it's a question that I also get on UX goodies quite a lot. How can we prepare for the future of AI and design and everything? And I loved your last point about honing our communication and presentation skills. I think this these are things that definitely will not be replaceable anytime soon. So I think that it all comes down to even when we were working on articulating the design system. So we were building a design system in UiPath, one of the pillars of a design system that, and that separates it from a style guide or a brand kit or whatever, was that we also worked on understanding what are the design principles, the main values that our design will support or will enable or will deliver if you want. And I, I remember pushing and being very, very much in love with the idea of human, the human aspect. One of the words that I was particularly fond of and I kept evangelizing in our company, which is a RPA company, we're doing robotic process automation, we're essentially building robots. But what I kept fighting for was the idea of human, having human at the core of everything we're doing, which is something that you do as a designer. It's called human-centered design, basically. And I, I kept fighting for, for understanding what is human in a product? What is human in an interaction with the system? What is human in the design process? And so I think that this is, if, if you want to prepare for the future, I think you should do a lot of reflection and introspection work around what does it mean to be human <laughs> if you want? And so that, that answer will essentially clarify the answer to the question, how can we still be competitive with robots or valuable um, in the market? And if we understand what are those elements that separate us, like creativity and um, emotions and uh, understanding feelings, understanding nuances, understanding things in context and human context better than just like statistics and information, right? Because you might look at a piece of statistical information and it, it, if you look at it with a neutral angle, it has different perspective than if you look at it with a human angle, like you understanding context, what it refers to, and what types of nuances in, in a way it could carry. So my point is always ask what is irreplaceably human and, and then try to hone those skills. And yeah, communication and presentation skills are definitely one thing that understanding feelings, decoding feelings. I just want to give a quick example before we wrap this conversation up. And again, this is something that I might be wrong about, but I would imagine a robot seeing a picture of a sad person and then deciding that that person is sad, but a human might look at that picture and understand in context that maybe that person is being touched by something. I mean, maybe they're, they're sad because they saw something beautiful. There's a nuance to that sadness. So my point is that robots will definitely be able to decode brute feelings based on statistical information and all the data that they have. But it, it takes a person to understand what goes into someone else's face and as much as possible in context. So that's the idea that I would like everyone to keep in mind after this conversation that we just had, that if we understand what makes us human, then we will, yeah. we will remain employable. <laughs> this is a really, really great point. I, I really love how we get here. <laughs> I was expecting it, but I really love it. I think it's so important to keep in mind that it's not robots against humans. It's about us 
finding the balance between collaboration and kind of making use and, and bringing good for, for us, I guess, mainly <laughs> for humans. And I, I really like that you said it's going to help us becoming better humans, maybe in the future. At least I hope so. Back to the point that I made in the beginning that we still don't understand ourselves so well. You're right. I think robots will maybe even help us understanding ourselves a bit better. We still need to train them. We still need to understand each other better. But at the same time, there is so much depth that we still didn't get to as the humans. As, as people who, you know, are designing the future. This is a little bit of topic, but I just remember that in one of those, you know, UX camps I was visiting this summer, there was one guy, I believe his name is Mark Elhow, who wrote an article about people mindsets, right? So we, we, we designed today with like those personas in mind. And by the way, there was a lot of critique around personas this summer. But, um, you know, we, we designed, you know, those classic marketing personas with, I don't know, demographic data with a little bit of their fears and, and, and needs and pains. So all the classic stuff, right? But we forget that these are humans and one human can behave very different in different contexts, considering all the complexity and different aspects of today, of the mindset of, I don't know, even chemistry in their heads. And he wrote a really, really cool article, which I think could help understand humans a bit better, or at least keeping this in mind. And he talked a little bit about anatomy of profile, you know, attitude norms, uh, intentions, behavioral, different mindsets. We could be hectic. We, we could be uh, focused. All those states, there's just so many. And that is just to say that we don't understand each other so well yet. And I think robots maybe even can help us with that. At the same time, you know, if we want robots to kind of enhance our life, uh, we still have to get in depth with, you know, understanding humans as well first probably like I'm stretching here the topic, but I, I just find it quite important for us to keep in mind. Designing our future, you know. Anyways, I think um, that's a great end for this conversation. And I think we can maybe wrap it up with some key takeaways. Joanna, do you want to go first? Yes, absolutely. I love going first because I get to, to say the best ideas. <laughs> I would say that my key takeaways would be, I'm going to be very brief because I'm going to just repeat the things that I feel are important in this conversation and I'm going to go backwards. So the first thing would be to understand what is human and then try to hone those differentiators. And then I would look at the AI emerging field as a partnership. We are essentially getting design buddies, if you want, design collaborators in a way. So we'll be working in pairs or in small groups, a person with AI support, which is great. And it will optimize our work and make it faster and better, more precise where there's a need for precision and so on. And then I would also look at the fact that some things will always be irreplaceable and that if anybody's experiencing anxiety around how robots will take our jobs again go to point number one that i just said understand what makes you human and try to reframe your perspective into collaboration as opposed to a competition with robots so those are my key takeaways i kind of took them all <laughs> on visa uh, curious to hear if you have anything to add no no worries actually i think there is still some some space for more points i think Definitely backing up your point with humans at center, partnership is the perspective we should try to strive for, just signing up under those uh, points. Another thing I would add is that complexity arises, we should keep this in mind, and um, I'm pretty sure there is no stop from it. 
<laughs> we can't just say, let's turn off everything and let's go back to 100 years ago and just live in our normal countryside life. I'm pretty sure some people will do, but generally society doesn't move the same direction. So we have to embrace the complexity. If you don't want to compete with robots, you just have to understand that we just need to adjust our skills. We just need to embrace new specialities, find what is more interesting for you in terms of specialities, be it, uh, you know, understanding better humans, understanding better ecology or sustainability or maybe even you know fintech SaaS, ar vr whatever it is so understanding what what is exciting for you so you can prepare yourself for the future you can at least know where you want to be headed on or have at least you know a plan that's the first thing and with that thing of course don't forget about adjusting your skill set becoming a better communicator collaborator collaboration is going to be a huge huge part for us all and then i mean collaborating not only within your company but potentially even going beyond your organization the last point i'll just make is that we shouldn't be afraid of it we should again perspective is always the key right so think about it as potentially something new exciting that helps you and helps the humanity uh, to become a better place if you look back our world or our life only improved like you know looking back into the history i'm really interested in the history a couple of you know last months every next decade is, is becoming a better place to live we don't have so many problems as we used to have even 100 years ago so think about it as potentially a big huge improvement but with big and unknown potential improvement comes a lot of complexity that we still have to embrace and that's i guess the, my, my my key complex takeaway here and i think that's it for today thank you so much for tuning in and for being back with us hope you had a great summer and uh, don't forget that if you have any questions or uh, even the feedback you can always find anonymous form in the show notes or you can also submit your question in the spotify stickies under this episode or just reach out to us on our instagrams and dms we will definitely consider your topic or feedback and uh, that's it. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Thank you. Bye.